the supreme need of our time is for men to learn to live together in peace and harmony. I have directed the continued and increased close surveillance of Cuba and its military buildup. This is a strong nation. This is a compassionate nation. This is a decent nation. And this is a nation that will not let terrorists change our way of life. And with eyes fixed on the horizon and God's grace upon us, we carried forth that great gift of freedom and delivered it safely to future generations. Welcome back to season two of the American Perspective. Once again, we have Tim Fazenbaker, the man, the myth, the legend from Baltimore. Tim, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well, Josh. I'm glad uh, to be uh, your your returning guest from season one to season two. It's uh, you got a great program. I appreciate it, and you always have a home here. The best news, and I'm going to let you talk about it, uh, and you're going to hear it here first. What's going on? So I. For people who don't know or remember, I, I did run for Congress here in District 2 in Maryland, and we, we really did a lot of great things. We have a lot of progress. Uh, I'm a conservative, constitutional, an American first, and we, we, we really got a lot of Democrats and even some liberals that were on board because our message was, you know, you have the God-given right to do whatever you want with your life as long as you don't take away that right from another. And people really resonated with that. So we, we did a lot of shaking up in this very blue managed state. Now, Maryland is very conservative outside of Baltimore in that DC corridor, but they can, the, the left controls this state and it's, it's been very, very heavily gerrymandered, which I'll get on, get into in just a second. But because we made such a significant movement forward the there's a new energy in places like baltimore and and throughout maryland throughout the country but i have decided that the best route to move forward to make change that is the most viable option at this moment is i am announcing today that i will be officially running for state delegate in district six of maryland that is fantastic for you know some people that that know the show and that have listened we've we met years ago um i i follow you you have the right message you know especially for baltimore for your state for the country what types of changes do you hope to make as state uh, delegate so it this comes back to why i even got involved in politics and like like many people, like everyday Americans, they they get involved because they're kids or they just see things around them that are not being handled properly. And we you know we pay our taxes, and we want these things accomplished. Well, where I live, I'm I'm just east. I'm in Baltimore County. So I'm I'm just outside of Baltimore City. Well, it's very conservative here, and we have all elected Republicans in this area, except for the congressman. And what I started to notice a few years back was I've been voting for these Republicans on a local level, never knew them personally, but I, I did also just vote for them because they were Republican. And then I noticed that they weren't doing what we sent them there to do. And 
when I went to some meetings and I started to get involved, they pushed me out, laughed at me, said, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. But what really started to catch on fire was that I was recording a lot of the meetings we would go to. I would live stream them mm-hmm. and watch. And then they would all start going, something doesn't sound right. So when we when we did that, we realized, you know, there's a lot of times that people can't go to meetings. They can't, you know, we have busy lives. But they started to pick up that, yeah, the Republican establishment was doing almost the same things that we would expect the far left to do. And when we called them out, they got hostile. Mm-hmm. And that first goal is to take back control of this party and make it a conservative American type party and not just a meltdown version of liberalism. We have to take over the party now. And when you got a blue, blue state like Maryland or New Jersey or California, you, you can't just say it's the Democrats that have ruined everything or the far left. You also have to re- be responsible if you're one of these establishment Republicans that been there forever and let the party just fall apart within those states. So that is our goal first and foremost is to make and re-energize the Republican Party in this state. And then from there, we move on and try to change hearts and minds within the other parties to get them to come on board and follow us. And that's exactly what we're going to do. And we're very optimistic that it's going to happen. I'm glad to hear that. You know, one of the things um, that the GOP did this year was they embraced the inclusiveness. Um, Do you think going forward that we can reform work together, compromise, whatever we need to do. Because as a society that's, I mean, fastly approaching 400 million people, mm-hmm. can we work together to move forward? Or do you think we're going to be stuck, you know, in a polarized fight? That is a, that is a great question. And I'd be a millionaire if I had the answer to that, but I will say this, um, it's been by design that the far left, the socialists, the tyrants have wanted to balkanize this nation. They did it in the Balkans and in Eastern Europe. Um, they do it everywhere. They know the way to split unity is to create division. Mm-hmm. We never hear united, we stand, divided, we fall anymore. Right. And that's by design. We never hear that America is a melting pot anymore. That's by design. They don't want us to melt and have the American culture. They want us in segments easy to break apart that way but when the first thing to do uh, in order to get america to where we need it to be is to make sure that we have a solid party formed on principles and 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 even compassion but but the principles to make sure that we can move forward As, as an example you know when i when i ran for congress before the um the kickback i got from the right, supposed right, was that I was reaching out. You know, I, I, a lot of people know I did a lot of work with Brandon Strzok from Walk Away Movement, and mm-hmm. he's homosexual. So people were like, why is he reaching out to that community? And then I was in Baltimore City, and President Trump talked about and retweeted that there were nine black Republicans running in Baltimore City, and that had never happened before. And I never really said too much, but I was one of the initial people that went into the city, helped a lot of these candidates run. Now, they all lost, but they now have momentum and they have created a following and a base. And a lot of the people on the right in the, in the establishment party did not like the fact that I was trying to expand their base because I wasn't looking for 
stereotypes of people that would vote our way. What I was looking for are people who are like-minded. Mm-hmm. And I want to bring you know, Baltimore, Maryland's probably, I think, about 30, 33% black, uh, majority white. And what I'm trying to do here and across this nation was bringing groups together that had the same principles. And I, I'll never forget, I, I announced, well, I was, um, I was the keynote speaker for somebody who was announcing in Baltimore City. And when they found out that he was running as a Republican, they started to boo. And he asked me to help. And I stepped up and I said, wait a minute, you guys have known this gentleman for 50-some years, however old he was, and you all loved him until he just said he's, he's running as a Republican. And I said, why is that? They're like, because Republicans are racist. Yeah, said, well, course. I'll disagree. I'll disagree, but you have this gentleman here that, you, that you've always loved until he said he's a Republican. And an older lady, and I don't remember her name, but this was – I'll never forget this. She was about 90 years old. She stood up, and she was, she was frail, and she said, you all know me. I have 15 children. You all know my children. And one thing in the black community that we are taught when we are kids is what? And everybody's like, vote Democrat. And they started to laugh, and she's like, but do we support things like abortion? No. Do we support um, you know, this massive control? that this government has no we are conservative individuals but we vote for liberalism and socialism and that's not like us and people started to to nod and then the lady said but why would we want to go to your party i said it's not just my party i said why don't you join our party and help me take it over and their eyes opened and i think if we had that mentality that you know it doesn't matter where you come from but if you believe in what America is and you believe in freedom and you believe that government's role is to is only to protect our constitutional and, and our God-given rights, then then you have a home in this party. And if we have that, then we become united and we take it back. We can save America if we can do that, but it's going to be a very, very tough challenge with the way that the left has really destroyed many fabrications and many institutions uh, in, in this country. No, I, I, I totally agree. We've seen a lot of the words, you know, sticks and stones. In this case, you've watched the country fall apart from those simple sticks and stones. They've listened to the race baiting, the, the sexual divide, you know, I, I worry about it. I, I don't know, it, you know, myself, can we get through it? But you've at least laid out a groundwork, you know, for trying to work together, which is at the end of the day, the one thing we have to be doing is working together and ignore the parties, because in reality, it's been the parties that used us as pawns in a game of chess. Exactly. Now, the hot debate, right? COVID, COVID COVID-19. How do you see us going forward, whether it's Baltimore or the United States? Because we don't know where you're going to end up, right? Correct. How do we go forward with the precedence that's been set? Because you know that this isn't going to be the end. You know, if, if COVID goes tomorrow, something else is going to pop up. And they know that they've already been able to win this far with, you know, the restrictions in place. How do you see America dealing with that? Yeah. I, I try to remind people to, take, to go back about a decade 
And if you you probably forgot, but if you think about Ebola, that was almost a warm up to what is going on now. Yep. Ebola hit, and people were scared, and it didn't have um, the effects in America that you know we were afraid of. Now, Ebola obviously is very is very scary. I mean, it, it's I, the mortality rate I'm sure is much higher. Mm-hmm. But happened. But what the left does is they play on emotion. They don't go with logic, and they know. From a psychological aspect, emotion has a stronger connection in the body than logic does. So that's why a lot of times you will see people that are on the left that will say, I don't care about what your logic is. I don't feel that. I don't feel that way. And they they tapped into that. When I saw COVID start starting, I think I saw it back in November of 19. I remember seeing some things on it. I said, they're gonna they're gonna weaponize this. They're going mm-hmm. to make a political issue, and they're gonna scare people. And they've done that. And there, there are there are Republicans, conservatives that are very afraid of it, and you know rightfully so. I mean, it does kill certain you know some people. It tends to be people with other more um, comorbidities, but um, it it has divided us, and it's it's done by design. They also know if they they need something, and and they pull out of their back pocket some other fear tactic like this it's going to help them do what they want people don't see that they lose a little bit of freedom every time that a crisis pops up and they utilize it don't forget it was Rahm Emanuel who said to Barack Obama never let a crisis go to waste they know what they're doing it's it's all by design they don't like the middle class they don't like freedom they want to be in control they believe mankind is supposed to be controlled and have what they would consider the elite, the smartest and the best run things. That is not why God put us here. That is not how we thrive. We have never, we have never been a, a successful people that was under tyranny and enslaved. We have thrived under freedom and, and the American dream, and that's what we need to bring back. I think we can get through this. I. I will say that uh, I do own I own my own business as well, and I see a lot of customers that come in this time, and there are mask mandates that are happening again where we currently are, and a lot of the people refuse to wear them when they come into the stores. As a business owner, it's my technical responsibility from the government now to enforce these things. But when you have so many people coming in. You're, you're outnumbered. You can't enforce it, and I'm proud of that because the people are standing up and saying, "We don't care anymore." And if the government is going to step in and they're going to find businesses like mine and other corporations because they're not following these unconstitutional mandates that they're they're forcing, so be it. But the people are starting to rise up, whether they're on the left or on the right, and they they're starting to see what they are being forced to live with and 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 they're done and i'm so happy to see that there there has been a lot of change there there's a lot of people that and i hate seeing it but you know waking up to what's going on around them do you think it's gonna it's enough do you think that it's gonna happen fast enough one of my concerns if you you know look at history complacency in america has been our biggest downfall um Everyone's so used to using the internet. You go to Twitter to complain. You go to Starbucks every day. Drive-thrus are open. Uber Eats. You know, everything's based on the phone. Do you think that the change will happen fast enough 
so that way it doesn't become a permanent complacency in America? My hope is that it, it, it would happen fast enough. History says that it probably wouldn't happen fast enough. But I will say that the American spirit that is within this culture and this nation has proven before that they will get through issues like this. Um, it's, it, it's hard to take away freedom from people in a, in a very quick amount of time. But when you do it slowly, like the pot, like the, the frog in the boiling water, mm-hmm. then it becomes easier. And I think that's what they're doing. So if we don't step up now, this might be our last chance. But I, I will say one thing that I that really encourages me is you know, when people come into you know my business, the, the main thing in my business is the American flag. And it's, it's portrayed on the wall, the, the main wall. And people will come in from the left or the right and they see it. And they say, you know, I really, really appreciate that you have that flag on that wall. They still understand what it means to be American. There are people, especially in the younger generations, that have been indoctrinated to hate that flag and everything it stands for. But there are many, many and more people out there that believe in what that flag really stands for. That's what we have to bring people back to understand. That is what brings us together, that flag. It doesn't matter if you're black. It doesn't matter if you're white or Asian. We are Americans first, and that flag represents our unity. If we don't get that back, we will lose this country, and we will lose freedom. And it might be a 1,000 years before another country is able to rise up and do something like what our forefathers gave us, a republic, if we can keep it. Mm-hmm. And that's an excellent point. Um, let, me, let me ask you something else. Let's get into a little bit of the economy. Because this is mm-hmm. going to be something you're going to deal with in the job. Um, you mentioned you're self-employed. This this economy, at least in my opinion, um, we haven't seen anything like this. It, it's been a very long time since we've had, um, you know, an economic turmoil. So if you remember the '70s and the gas shortages and the food price hikes, that kind of thing, we're seeing it now. The food prices are up. The shortage and demand. Um, just everything is is showing those signs of an economic collapse is due. The housing markets two to 300% markups, right? As a business owner, what are you seeing? um, And what advice could you give to other people that might be in the same boat? So I I was born when Jimmy Carter was president. I don't remember him specifically. I my earliest memories of a president was Ronald Reagan thankfully. Right. And what I remember hearing about and learning about, you know, at a very young age, because it was still fresh on my parents' minds and, and their friends was how bad it was under Jimmy Carter. And everybody said he was the worst president in history. Well, <laughs> I think we could say that he might be number maybe even number three, but yeah. he um we're we're seeing the same the same mindset that Jimmy Carter brought into office is the same mindset, again, that we're seeing brought into office now. And we're seeing very similar outcomes, which America does not like, the world does not like, but pirates love. And we – it's probably even worse this time around. I mean we're, we are seeing massive, massive issues with this country. Now, in my business, supply chain and, and plenty of other businesses, supply chain is the – key issue. And we've learned that a lot of the supply chain issues are because places like California won't let 
uh, non-union truck drivers come go to the port and take those products off. Mm -hmm. um, people aren't working because they're getting other benefits to not work. And then we have bottle shortages, can shortages, all kinds of different things. And then you got that that instinct mentality with people where they they start to hoard because they don't know if you're going to be able to get food at a grocery store next time. So they buy as much as they can, and then and it creates that supply and demand issue. Prices go up. You know, all this money they've given out, all these all this tax money that we pay that they're giving to foreign adversaries, when yet we have all this debt ourselves. It it all compounds, and you're starting to see this country become something like Venezuela, right. and it could tip over, you know, in in months the way it's going. Just mm -hmm. is from a business aspect. Um, I'll back up one second. I was in corporate America, uh, and I lost my career when I ran for Congress, and I don't regret it because I stood up for the right reasons, and I changed, you know, hopefully thousands and thousands of hearts and minds. But because I lost my career, I ended up buying a business. And when I did that, it was challenging. And because I'm a public figure now, they, a lot of people were like, well, I'm never going to go support him because they, they knew my political beliefs, which was unfortunate. I don't push them at work because all money is green. Right. So, but from, a, from an economic or a business standpoint, when the economy is doing poorly, it is an amazing opportunity to step in and thrive because if you can jump in when things are bad and create something that people want and need, then you can be very successful, especially when the economy does bounce around, bounce back. And I think it will bounce back if we elect uh, a new president and a new Congress and Senate in the upcoming years. But we have to make sure that we can hold on. I think we can. I, I know America's spirit will keep us alive for a while, but we have to make those changes now. Keep um, Keep, keep your mind and just understand. Pay, you know, pay your bills as best you can. Live minimally at this point if you can, because we don't know what the future holds if this socialism and communism, Marxism, really takes over this country and we can't get it back. Be, just use your wisdom. Look at history. You'll see. You have to protect your own family first in order to survive. Survive in a in a crisis like we're facing. No, I I agree. Um we're staring down the gun barrel, so to speak. I, there's so much going on. There's so much fighting. Um, what about term limits? What's your thought? I am all for term limits. And first and foremost, if any conservatives are listening and they think, well, it's not in the Constitution, I understand. Here's the caveat. There were no term limits on the presidency as well. Mm -hmm. And that's that because we saw the abuse of power that was happening with a president like Franklin Delano Roosevelt. We realized that given the opportunity, somebody would run with that. And so we put those term limits on a president. So if we have it on the president, why don't we have it on every position? Right. We see, we automatically see what's going on with people who use these positions to make millions like Nancy. And they, they gain power and they never want to give it up. And then you have people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg that, stayed in there until until she passed away and you know we we see the decline in people like joe biden mentally and cognitively you know at, at at an advanced age so do we really think that they're the best person for a lot of these positions when they reach certain uh milestones in their life no so i think it's important to protect the safety of the nation by having 
uh, term limits, but also it keeps people from having that power, which keeps them from always being in office when we could have somebody else who is more qualified to do that. That's that's the American way. It's it was never designed to be a career. And I I, I look back to I watched the program a decade ago, uh, John Adams on HBO. Now John Adams wasn't my type of uh, philosophy with the way he he believed, but at the very end of the series, at spoiler alert, at the very end of the series, when he leaves the White House, he gets in a carriage. There's no fanfare, and he drives away. Um, and that was it. And then the next president, Thomas Jefferson, is coming in. Mm-hmm. And that is what it was all about. It was about doing your duty to step up and and make your mark with America to help move that forward. And the evilness in people started to realize we will take that and we will run with that for our benefit and not the, na- the benefit of the nation. We need term limits. Tim, I can't thank you enough for joining me again today as we get back into the swing of the podcast. Tell everybody again who you are, what you're running for, and where they can find you. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, name's Tim Faisenbaker, running for state delegate, District 6 in Maryland. Um, I still will be doing many things nationally, helping other candidates as well. Um, you can find me at timfazenbaker.com or timfaze.com. Long last name, but it's T I M. F-A-Z-E-N-B-A-K-E-R.com, TimFazenbaker.com. I hope to see you guys there, and let's take back America. Thanks so much, Tim. I look forward to you joining us as we go through the next year. And uh, look at the bottom of the podcast information. You'll see all of his details. The American Perspective is available on any streaming service or app. If you have a comment, send an audio recording to AmericanPerspectiveShow at gmail.com and your comment might be played on the next episode.